Is there a finer musical instrument alleged than the kazoo? Where is Cletus? I put that to you. Like a kazoo is just basically a a comb with a... A kazoo? A kazoo? A kazoo is a toilet (laughs) racing car. Sorry, it's a kazoo. A kazoo Kazoo. is something that, well, (gasps) you you toot. I always thought it was kazoo. Anyway, I don't, I don't know whether that's it. I like it, but I don't think mm, that's, that's the, um, the music for us. I Hello, think we have too many and teeth for that. welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test, and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are Richard, Buongiorno. and Peter. Hello. This week, among other things, we'll look at a diesel downturn, Vlad's new limo, and of course, flying army vehicles. But first, obviously, must watch. <laughs> Yes, so um, Crazy Elon's been on the Twitters again, uh, oh, yeah. and earlier this week he said, quote, I'm starting a candy company and it's going to be amazing. So as well as rockets uh, colonising Mars, um, various vehicles that have little chance of being actually built, and a boring company, um, he's now going to start on the lollies mm. and make them, sell them, I don't know, but... Really, it's about a punch-up he's having with, with Warren Buffett because Warren Buffett, head of you know Berkshire Hathaway, that big um, investment and holding company, yes, yes. said that uh, what you really need is some kind of competitive advantage, which he sees Telstra's is uh, Tesla's Tesla. is. I keep on the Telstra. <laughs> Tesla's is fading away. Yeah, well, the Telstra shares are going up, they yeah, are down. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's well, probably then. a better bet. <laughs> um, but um, Berkshire Hathaway has owned a company called Seas Candies, which is not in Australia, but it's in America and other markets since mm-hmm. about 1972. So it's a sly dig at him. But uh, what would you make of um, Elon's Elon's Musk sticks? Well, I'm not buying any of those. No. That's for sure. <laughs> no. I do love a Musk stick, though. A suspicious. Purple yep. colour. <laughs> well, aside from that, he's he's splashed out $9.9 million of his own money to buy 33,000 oh. additional Tesla shares at full market price. Yeah. So this mm. isn't... This isn't him being, you know, given a, a, another kind of um, handout in part of his remuneration package. He's bought them out of his own pocket as a, as a signal to the market that's saying, this is how confident I am that, that things are all absolutely fine and going in the right direction. Well, maybe, he think, maybe he thinks if he buys more shares, he'll actually get his Model 3 before the end of the year. I, I just think it's bizarre. So it's just the, is this his type of financial way about going about in, ensuring comp- confidence in his company. Look, look, I'm buying heaps. This is not unusual. Like, American companies are really odd. Like, mm. they'll, they'll bring in people to a struggling company, put them on the board, and I think somebody says to them, look, just buy 10,000 shares, can you? Yeah. And they do. And that's just to make everyone think, oh, everything's fine. Oh, they, these guys must believe in this. Yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. buying them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think that happened recently here with Meyer or something. Yeah. A couple of new board members, they bought all these shares. Well, that worked. Tax deductible. Mm. <laughs> well, look, you, you mentioned it, Peter, but um, the Model 3 production, Bloomberg's uh, production tracker, down to 1,680 vehicles per week Zowie. at the moment. So it's dropped off a cliff, sadly. Mm. And remember that Elon promised 6,000 cars a week by June, which well, is actually... Three weeks away. Well, he's got three weeks to turn. He's it around. He's got three weeks to turn it around. It's a it's a hill to climb. Mm. We're all confident uh, <laughs> that he'll that he'll get there. Um, we we believe. But look, speaking of um, of people in trouble, um, former VW boss Martin Wintercorn. Now he resigned from that role back in 2015. Yes. it's amazing. That's how long ago it is. With a golden parachute. Um, but he has been charged by the U.S. Department of Justice for conspiring to mislead regulators mm. over diesel emissions. 
Um, it, it, is, it is, however, unlikely that um, he'll face trial in the US mm. because Germany follows a policy of not extraditing its citizens. But this just goes on and on it and on. It's an unending nightmare for Volkswagen. Well, that's what happens when you do what, what they did. They faffed around. They tried to deceive people. I mean, I still think the government's... Um, were so lazy they go oh we'll just let the car companies tell us how it goes yeah, like you know sure. so they weren't really that serious about it but once sprung yeah, yeah. now you were saying uh, earlier in the office that it's unlikely that anything's going to happen here because mm. Germany's got really yep. strict yep. laws no on extradition, extradition. Yeah. Yep. so he'll ne- they'll never get him out of the country no it's one of those um, things I mean it sends another signal it's a very public um, yeah. thing yeah. on behalf of the American authorities that says this is serious and mm. um, we're going to even though you've resigned from the company two or three years ago you're still in the crosshairs, you know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the DOJ don't mind a bit of grandstanding. It's kind of a there's always some up and coming attorney type who wants to go right. This I'm going to charge a bloke who I'm never going to be able to try. But yes, yeah, it does send a message to to the the corporations there that we will make life hell for you for as long as possible. Yeah, but the um, the, the the concentric rings that continue to echo out from the mm. the whole epicenter of Dieselgate, yeah. so called. Uh, continue, Richard. You've you've um, yep. determined that a couple of brands in Europe are walking away from diesel engines for their passenger cars. That's right. Nissan uh, only announced at the beginning of this week that it would be phasing out uh, its diesel passenger cars mm. um, gradually. Yep. Uh, Toyota has already uh, come forward and said that it's going to be axing its diesel cars from its um, passenger car lineup by yep. the end of this year, 2018. Um, and um, there are a couple of academics who believe that um, yeah, Honda and Mazda could be going the same way as well. It's mainly to do with um, consumer loss in confidence yep, yep. Um, because of the dieselgate issue and also the 2020 regulations which yep. are coming up to, which are going to make it. You've found a, um, a massively reliable source here. It's um, Stefan Bratzel. Steph. And he's, oh, Steph. The, he's the Director of Automotive Management at the University of Applied Sciences in Berchtesgladbach, Gladbach, Bless Germany. You. So... You know, he's the go-to guy yeah, yeah, I always yeah. find. I mean, I'm yeah. tired of hearing his name. I mean, he does pick oh. up the phone when you call him. That's the main <laughs> yeah. thing. Oh, he's so annoying, that Stefan. Uh, look, I think he might be right. I don't know if he's yeah. completely right about Mazda, though, because Mazda have made a pretty strong commitment towards combustion engines. If anyone can, can yeah, that's produce a, great point. a clean, burning uh, diesel, it's probably Mazda. They're, they've decided to put EVs and hybrids on hold until yeah. you know they get everything out of combustion. Yep, um, yep. So I reckon Mazda will... You've really got to take your hat off to Mazda, haven't you? Because mm. they have gone their own way and mm-hmm. said, um, all right, you can do you." Now they're turning to turbo uh, technology yeah, on, to on petrol engines. Mm. But mm. they did wring the last possible mm. efficiency out of internal combustion engines, mm. lightweighting the car, yep. making the aero as good as it could be, yep. making the engines as efficient as possible. Mm. That, to me, seemed like an eminently logical way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, it's a, and look, it's... It, it, com- Compared to the cost of investing in in electric and hybrid today, yeah, yeah. much smarter um, from yeah. a, a corporate perspective. Yeah, exactly. Shareholders will like and that. And now compression ignition petrol engines, yep. they're mm. really doing some yeah. interesting yeah. stuff. Merck's so, doing one of those as well. I think they? so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So, yeah. um, you know, speaking of Mazda, Richard, again, you've mm. been you've actually been working. Oh, I've been doing some. Well, he's been on the internet, digging around. Um, you've discovered an approval, uh, a logo approval, through the UK Intellectual Property Office. Tell yes. us about that. What's, yeah, what's very, new? Very interesting. Um, I, I, I like to lurk 
um, at the uh, UK Intellectual Property Office website. Wow. Just seeing. Call it trolling. I call it trolling. Call it trolling. Uh, just hang out there uh, with my other lurking mates. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, and we just get to see the, the new logos and trademarks which are going through. And uh, in sometime in March, uh, Mazda applied for a trademark and it was approved this week. And the trademark was for the word Mazda. Oh. So no. either. They mm. forgot to do it at some point, yeah, or right. they've updated it slightly. The logo <laughs> does look slightly different. It's the it's the text. It's the written out Mazda uh, lowercase version of it. Uh, uh. Um, the A's now are separated from the other letters in the old <gasps> version. They're joined. But um, I find lowercase hard to believe, Richard. Lowercase. <laughs> I I I, th- I think it is actually uppercase. Is it? No, no. it's lower. Look, oh, it's lower and upper. It's okay, oh, it's enough. good. Okay, we end in we, uh, uh, a Mexican standoff yeah, on that yeah, one. Yeah, in the right. IT world, that's known as camel case. Oh, wow. Yeah. Camel case. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fine. What? Camel case. Yeah. Two humps instead of one or just up, down, up, a dromedary. Down, up, down. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but then that does open up the discussion about logos, and it seems as though Mazda's kind of going back to the future if, if appearances mm. are correct. Mm. Um, but... Which which logos do we like and which don't we? I mean, over over a hundred and thirty odd years of car production, um, which are the ones that re- you think are really fantastic and do a lot for their respective brand, and others that um, do the opposite? Peter, yeah. do any any pop into your mind? You you gave me quite uh, you gave me some notice on this, and I can't really put my finger on the ones I really like. I mean, I like there are ones where you just kind of go, yeah, what the hell is that? One of those yeah. for me is actually Subaru. I, yeah. I, I, I oh, do Pilates. not. Like, I don't like the Subaru Constellation. No, um, it's the logo. Pilates. It's the Seven Sisters. It's I understand that. Yeah. I just don't like it as a logo. Okay, <laughs> folks, this is terrible podcasting. The look James just shot Richard Berry could have buckled the hull <laughs> of a super tank. Yeah, I get that look about four times a day as they sit next to each other. So I, I mean, I just find that a bit messy and and hard to kind of um, bond with. I, I do like the Renault logo, oh, the yeah. current one, yeah. the diamond, the big I, diamond. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. like it. Really? It's just. It is unmistakable. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because we were calling, uh, you know, they called time on Mazda's logo at one point because it was too close to the (laughs) Renault logo. I remember that. And I remember them back out of it. And then they put out the Laguna, which looked exactly like the Mazda 626 at the time, (laughs) which was cheeky. But, Richard, what what, what, um, lights your fire? All time favourite? The Alfa Romeo one of the big snake eating the man. Oh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, 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 great. yeah. He's he's getting gobbled up. His arms are sticking out, like, help me, help me. I love it. <laughs> I, like, I think for purity, I think the three-pointed star of Mercedes-Benz is pretty much, from a design point of view, perfect. Yeah. And historically, I mean, it's meant to be water and land and air, oh, and it, it describes the three areas in which they operate. So that's where it came from. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think it's a very simple and, and recognisable, I and mean, it's just one of those iconic yeah. logos. I mean, yeah. I do like also like some of, some of the sub-logos, like the QV, Alpha, yes. the Cloverleaf, and I do yeah. like the M logo. I think that's quite... Yep, it's. I think M is one of the most recognisable yeah. automotive. Brands as well as that, the colours too, isn't it? It's yeah. like a, a light blue and then a purple and, and a then red. and a red. Yeah, and those somehow they. You, it's really striking. You go, they would never go together, yeah, but then, they work beautifully. Yeah. in yeah. that context. One that makes me feel really quite happy is the Toyota written across the back of a tailgate of a Ute. What with one of the letters kind of <laughs> cut out to make <laughs> something zany no, and fake. No, Toyota. <laughs> Just I like so I like it because it's always been there my whole oh, okay. life. Okay, that's good. Uh, Whether okay. you see it on the back of you know, yeah, you know, one in your driveway or yeah. you know, Alpine Ute or something like that. It's well, just you know, mate. Something there. else that's been there your whole life. Ford badge is Winton. Oh no, it's not. Winton. Okay. <laughs>
Australian performance drivers love their cars, and the performance car they love the most is the one that's done it all. From the Mount Panorama Winner's Circle to your driveway, all roads lead to Winton. The 2018 Winton Turbo now features an even more potent version of the powerhouse Redback two-stroke V9 Turbo, backed up by the latest generation version of our patented torque tumbler transmission technology. Once you eye it and try it, we guarantee you'll buy it. Australia's Winton Turbo. Inspiration is standard. Torque tumbler transmission available at extra cost. Wheels and tyres sold separately. Batteries not included. Consult your Winton dealer for final pricing. Ah, wonderful words from Winton. Yes. We we, look, they're friends of the show. And speaking of special friends of the show... (laughs) Of course, it's Frosty. Frosty Chops. I thought you were yes. going to say me. The head of, uh, of PR and, of course, uh, government relations, mm. corporate and government relations mm. um, at the Winton Motor Company. And he's found himself in a bit of a tight scrape this weekend. Not he's in, so frosty. He's in Hawaii for a PR conference and, of course, he's found himself in a serious hotspot, staying mm. on the main island at the Royal Kona. Of course. He's got yeah. some friends there. He's got, um, yeah. he's got mates in the industry. Yeah. You may have seen that vision of the Mustang being burned to a crisp by the molten lava yeah. from the erupting uh, Kilauea volcano. Mm. That was Frosty's rental car. <laughs> oh, no. And I bet you he didn't tick the box. Uh, he had ticked the he insurance never, box. He never ticks that. No. So he's going to have to cough up. For, like it's an, oh, he got it from Banger Rentals. You know, yeah, it's an yeah. older It's like an older Mustang. Yeah, say, it's an old yeah, car. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a blessed end for that car. So, really. you know, hopefully you won't have to cough up too much. But just insane. Yeah. And there's... You can see in some of the coverage, there's the shot of a bloke running um, as fast as he can in the other direction. His thong's an Okanui Okanui kind of shorts. Frosty, but that's frosty. Isn't he wearing a muumu? Because he's not not a leaf fellow. He's holding it together. I think he's throwing around his head trying to get people's attention. Anyway, Did you know that Frosty is related to King Kamehameha? That's what he told me anyway. I thought it was Duke Kamanahoku, the guy who came out here and invented surfing. Anyway. Right. Now, in other reports, just in uh, the self-driving Uber, which tragically killed a person in uh, Arizona mm. um, in March, we now know that the software on board had, in fact, detected the person that came within range of the front of the car, but made the decision not to do anything about it. Yeah. Which, which, ironically, you know, when you think about software programming, coding, the whole construction of it, that's human error. Human error. So here's, and, yeah. here's the technology that's trying to eradicate human error that has killed someone through human error. Well, it's, it's libertarianism at its best, really, just indulging in some eugenics. Yeah. If you're going to cross the road, no, nah, we don't want you. <laughs> well, well, apparently the, the XC90 did actually detect, yep. um, as, as, you, as you said, did detect the pedestrian, but decided mm. they had... They were trying to iron out the bugs of it stopping it from being so jerky when it drove because it was mm. stopping for everything for originally. Oh, I see. Plastic bags and, you know, a McDonald's bag rolling out across the road or something right. like dogs. that. Yep. Dogs. That's right. Dogs. Dogs. Um, and that was turned up too high or dialed up too high. Right. Um, so it, it saw that pedestrian and her bike as just, you know, something rubbish. Wow. So, yeah. wow. you know, so what I'm thinking is... Um, these things are obviously the radar can tell density. Yes, like we know this from Hunt for Red October. So um, it's very important. Look, it's education. Uh, so it's and as we discovered in your video with the X sixty, where we we, we use the giant bear. I mean, because you know that Sookie intern wouldn't stand in front of the car. He is gutless. 
just, just show some commitment. Yeah. But it, it, it clearly felt that, that the density wasn't there, so it was That's not right. human or yep. organic. Yep. Um, yep. Yes. So it's just mm. it's just unusual that um, they're at the point where they're trialing them on a road. Yeah, sure, under supervision, but yes. that type of mistake. But, but even the, okay, there's the technical issue. There's mm. the kind of dialing up or dialing down sensitivity of various attributes of the systems. Mm. But then you have the ethical uh, issues that overlay on top of that. Yeah. So even if you've detected that there's a human in front of the car, if another incident is happening at the same time. You have to somehow program in a decision that says, yeah. I'm either going to hit that woman with the bike yeah. or I'm going to crash into that tree and it might kill you. Yeah. And so most of the car companies so far have put their hand up to say, we are going to protect the occupants of the car. Yeah. yeah. So that if there's collateral damage for someone else outside the car, that's the downside of the yeah. whole thing, which is a really complex issue. It is messy. and I think, um, But I think you can't let a car out in the road if you haven't gone to a lab and tested that it's not going to mow down a human. Mm. End of story. Yeah. Like, mm. I just think, how can they let that out like that? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, it's, on, it's negligent. On the back of, on the back of that um, autonomous uh, technology, let's, of course, move. To, to a, look, it's a well we go to every now and then, and it's flying vehicles. I love it. I love it. Uh, this time, <laughs> this time, of course, it's the US Army. Yes. Yeah. And Obviously. they want to be able to rain down whatever they want to rain down mm. or transport whatever they need mm. to transport via quick-moving, flying cars. That's Richard, right. I think you've got the, the, the poop on this. Tell us what's going US on. The US Army is very keen to get its hands on technology which will be able to help them develop vertical land off, landing and uh, take-off um, aircraft. And Uber is going headfirst into uh, f- uh, flying cars. They believe that the f- cities will go vertical yeah. and, that, and then so will transport. Right. Um, so Uber's completely convinced and it's teaming up with NASA and, and a few other aerospace companies to, to develop flying car technology. The US Army is really interested in, in Uber's uh, plans for rotors and has given Uber a million dollars to develop a, a stacked rotor system which will uh, be able to be used in vertical um, landing and takeoff. Well, of aircraft. course, the US military also has those flying aircraft carriers that you saw in the Avengers. That's already, that's already <laughs> happened, hasn't it? Do you know? It, that was has. in Doctor Who before it was uh, in that Oh, really? It certainly was. It? was. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, well, it's a short step yeah. from yes. vehicles to aircraft yeah. carriers because, and, I mean, and they'll just make it real. At the moment, you've got, you know, Chin- <laughs> you've got Chinook helicopters which are, you know, have been carrying payloads and oh, troops for, yeah, yeah. you know, almost 80 years. Yeah, monster, well, not quite that long, um, but a while. A long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they need something to replace those. And those Ospreys, mm. That's the rotating yeah. Uh, yeah. engine wing They things. fall out of the sky. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Right. Give me a Harrier jump jet any day. Oh, I love a Harrier. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> speaking of things falling out of the sky, a word from those irreverent youngsters at Oversteer. What happens when you put three hooligans together in one room? You get a podcast full of hectic banter. Hummer <laughs> is for any rugged man. This manly scent possesses oh, well, a that, that, that rules me right out. <laughs> Jeez. Stupid stories. It's, it's a cruise ship with all the insides scooped out, water fills it up, and then you put a pirate ship in the middle. Nothing more gangster than a ship in a ship. You're an idiot. And some discussion about cars. So we've got the K cars as well. What do you guys think? There's this new Honda sports concept there. I think it looks so cool. It, it does look a bit funky, mate. The Oversteer Podcast on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. I, look, I'm, 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 I tolerate them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of tolerating people, mm. <laughs> big 
Bad yeah. Vlad Putin. Oh, has he's tolerant. Has Hootie swapped Putin. out his mm. Merck limo oh. for a local facsimile. <coughs> it's it's made by a mob called Namey. Um, it's the Namey Cortez. It's a mm. long wheelbase Luxo barge. Mm. And it was seen on the 250-metre cruise at his official augnor, augnor, uh, oh, thingy when he was invested as, uh, you know, whatever he is. And it looks to me like a cross between a Chrysler 300, a Rolls-Royce Ghost and a London Black Cab. I mean, and the specs <laughs> are... Ugly. So it's the Bentley EXP F9 is what you're I telling me. I suppose so. <laughs> the specs are classified. So not much is known. Yeah. Um, that all resides in some black box in the Kremlin uh, yeah. in terms of what the spec of this car it's is. A so NAMI is the Central Scientific Research Automobile and Automotive Engines Institute. And it's 100 years old this year. Oh. So they've been tinkering around with cars for 100 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and allegedly, <clears throat> pardon me, Porsche supplied a 450 kilowatts, so 600-odd horsepower, turbo V8, presumably out of an old KN or a mm-hmm. Panamera or something, mm-hmm. Uh, for some earlier prototypes, but uh, those in the know say that Namie has now developed a second significantly yes. more powerful engine. That's how paranoid you know, they are. You know, that's you know, how paranoid you know who told us this. Stefan. Stefan. Oh, yeah. He's in the know, isn't he? The Stefan, the guy who told us about um, Nissan. Yeah. Well, of course, diesel. Stefan. <laughs> yeah. Our academic yeah. mate in yeah. Germany. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to put him to the back of my mind and James, succeeded. James gave me that <laughs> face again. Back yeah. when it exited your skull. Yeah. So the whole thing would presumably be tank armoured. Yeah. Mm. Like it's going to weigh yeah. a lot. Yeah. And it needs some engine just to move it yeah. and Vlad down the road yeah. so he can get in and out in fancy style. But will it get itself beached on a Sydney car park curb like the, the Beast? The Beast did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That must be the test. You've yeah. got to imagine, yeah. though, like this, this armoured presidential limo would have everything. Oh, Especially it? being Putin. Yeah. Like, I love how they're so paranoid they didn't even want Porsche to provide the final engine. Yeah. They probably... <laughs> Took the engine apart, reverse engineered it, and built their own. Do you think the interior would be kind of Trump esque in its gaudiness? It, it would. It would be. Vlad seems to be a bit. Te- he he's more about going diving and coming up yeah. with a, a valuable artifact. Well, but they're chested it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And then riding on riding horses. Horseback. Yeah, that's true. Look, he is the world's richest vampire, but <laughs> I don't think he's as gaudy as Trump. No. He sleeps upside down with he his does. eyes open. Oh, 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 I, d- oh. I do think he's a he's he's a. He, because you don't really... I mean, if he is like that, you wouldn't know. I mean, he claims that his only assets are a small dacher outside some obscure Russian town and a, yes. and a car a small Dutch space. Town. <laughs> a small Dutch town called Colin. Um, and <laughs> 2,000 Fabergé eggs. 2,000 Fabergé. Yeah. And... and um, a, a parking space in downtown, oh. like a parking space in downtown Moscow. That's it. That's, that, all he, that's, all he that's what's on the official uh, assets register. <laughs> his pecuniary interest register. Wow. That's bull. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, the, one of the world's richest men. I find yeah. that hard to believe. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I, I don't have access to his personal record. <laughs> Whereas he that has access hilarious. to everyone's well, personal record. Well, to yours, records. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on from, from Vlad's uh, Luxo machine, we owe our listeners some answers because last week, we put out there half a dozen more of our is it illegals. Well, that's now, why I'm here this week because I listened to last week's. All, oh, these, yeah. all these stories are on the advice section at carsguide.com.au, mm. so have a look. But I did say that we'd come back to you with answers. First one was, is it illegal to drive with the interior lights on? And frankly, the answer is no, but you shouldn't do it. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea mm. because it can, well, all kinds of things, <clears throat> you know, yeah. increases reflections inside the car, makes yep. it more difficult for you to yep. see out of the car. Yep. And all means that means we can see you. People... 
I don't want to yeah. see you pick your nose. Is it illegal to drive five kilometres over the speed limit? Well, duh. Yes. yes. Because there's a speed limit. Yeah. And when you go over it... Um, You're cooked. You get booked. Mm. So, okay, there may be a fudge factor that, that some police use their discretion and, and maybe give you a little bit of wiggle room over the top. Mm. But technically... Yes, it's illegal. Not even in an emergency yeah. uh, can you travel faster. I would say limit. it's impossible to drive the speed limit. Impossible. Moving on. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know where to go. You with fancy car, right? you just, I would say that it's impossible to hold a constant <laughs> speed constantly. You just stop the whole conversation Sorry. in its tracks. Sorry. That's, if that's, that's not an ironic you've thing to say. It. We have to start again now. Is it illegal to drive through empty parking spaces? No. And, and there are no laws concerning this one at all. Otherwise, so, my re- mother will be on the run from the law. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, is it illegal to drive in reverse? Well, you know, no, it's not. No. But it depends. I mean, you, you may want to reverse out of your driveway. Yeah. You may want to select reverse and, um, you know, all of that. Don't reverse up the M5. But you don't do it all the way up to the shops or on a freeway. No. You know, you, you have to use some common sense and discretion mm. there. But still, is that illegal? Or on an active racetrack? Yes, because I think there are broader laws about um, basically sensible use of a vehicle, you mm. know, mm. and that is irresponsible uh, use of a motor car. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is it illegal to drive in high heels? No. But the laws of common sense do apply, so uh, you shouldn't. Particularly, yeah, Richard, I know you have a penchant for slipping on the heels. I'm off but the hook. Don't do it. <laughs> off the hook. Is it illegal to drink alcohol in a car while driving? Now, this one was perplexing because, mm. of course, the answer is yes. And we, well, we've, now. We've listed the explicit laws in various states. Here's the thing. So years ago, and it must have changed. Years ago, I was uh, doing some work in Adelaide, and apropos of nothing, I was being driven to the airport in a Lotus Esprit. Um, it's a weird chauffeur car. I know. And so I pulled. We pulled up next to this guy who who had a beer on the go. Yes. This is in Adelaide, yeah. and I said to my my uh, driver, well, he was a friend. He said it used to be a Formula Holden driver. Your actually. driver friend. Yeah, my, yeah. Uh, he was the Formula Holden driver. Your professional famous, racing driver yeah, friend. Famous for putting his, Where's story going, his Holden on the roof. Anyway, um, uh, didn't have a roof. Anyway, so I said, what's going on here? He says, in South Australia, it is legal to have an open can- container of alcohol. Well, this is 20 years ago. Look, it's but, interesting. Yeah. We might get our South Australian podcast listeners to try and clarify yeah. because we do have... Um, firm evidence and links off to, I think it's Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania. Mm. Um, but it may not be... We couldn't Man, if it's illegal in Queensland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So South Australian <laughs> podcast listeners, let yeah. us know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this, is tw- this is 20 years ago, so yeah. it could have changed, yeah. but I'm just curious to see if That'd that's changed. Yeah. Now, um, s- we will head to our garage. We will head to our garage and which particular vehicles have been residing within it mm. this week. Peter, we'll start with you because it's a double up. Mm-hmm. Um, two significant cars that you've been driving uh, this week. Tell us about both of them, please. The Jaguar XF Sport Brake First Edition, which is based on the top spec S. So yep. there's a limited number of first editions that come into the country, obviously. Yep. Um, and it was... I think it's for the first year of production. Yeah, that will be what it you is. You can buy it for the first year of production. Yep. It was lovely. Great. It is such a nice car. That engine and transmission, it's so it's a proper wafter. If you, I mean, it, it it does respond if you want to get on it, but why would you? It's so nice, and it, I mean, it only comes in black, so it's a hearse. And I'm a huge yeah. wagon fan. Yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's called lovely. Brake. Yeah. I just love a wagon. It is absolutely lovely, and I was uh, my my family and I very much enjoyed that car. Um, you know, the usual JLR issues with the dodgy sat nav and yada yada. But really, it's just a lovely car. And then you uh, you went the Alpina, the Alpina. So the Alpina B4S. Yep. So the Alpina first came back with the B4, 
which is based on the 440i. And then uh, after BMW put the LCI lifecycle impulse midlife thing on the 4 Series, out came the S. Yep. So basically what Alpina does is it takes the 440i and just turns it up. This thing... And these are sold in BMW dealerships. dealerships yeah. So it's an authorised deal. Yep. yep. It's yep. So that they've had a sort of unofficial official relationship for like 50 years or something. Yeah. So this car... It's great. It's so it's the anti M4. It's mm. almost as quick. It's all all of the good things of a beam a fast BMW and the engine. So it's the B fifty eight from the four forty, not the N fifty five from the M four or S fifty five. beautifully smooth, but so fast. It winds up really quickly. Twin turbo and like a little bit of noise from the turbos, which I quite like, but very comfortable. And you were saying uh uh, that the steering has been slightly changed as well. So yeah. the BMW steering, which does have a reputation for being a little bit anaesthetized. Yeah, you know, no, so a bit of feel yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I, I don't like the wheel, though. It's a standard 440 wheel with an Alpina budget. Yeah, right. It's like, right. And well, the, a bit of aerodite showing around the yeah. edge of the It's a little bit like, I mean, and like I don't know if it, if it was me, but the Alpina badging on the back yeah. looks it's a crooked. bit wonky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I loved it. It was great. I mean, good it, one. It, the looks good. are a bit sort of David Hasselhoff. Berlin Wall, but yeah, terrific. It's great. And Richard, you've been in the Big L. The yeah, look, t- talking of David Hasselhoff, this is probably one of you know. <laughs> That's actually the Big H. Yeah, the Big H. <laughs> you've been in the anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Lexus RC three hundred. It looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Um, it just doesn't go amazing. Um, mm. Look, the the two liter. Um, it's like got one hundred and eighty kilowatts. It should be plenty, um, but it's a heavy car. Yeah, tubby. Um, and look, it feels good. The chassis feels good. The mm. steering feels mm. good. The grip feels good. Um, it just doesn't have an engine which matches that car. Yeah, right. Um, but look, it's been we've been living with it with the family with a toddler in the back. Yeah, um, you can fit a car seat in. Yeah, there. and how does that um, go? The entry and egress. actually, do you know what? It's the one car that he has just got straight into and yeah, and the doors into his seat. Oh, yep. okay, great. Every other one you have to bribe him just to sit in his car. Okay. But it's because he revealed today that he thought it was Lightning McQueen. It's red. <laughs> oh, so yeah. um, <laughs> this is the reason why he's been getting into oh, his car Oh, fantastic. So that's, oh, that's good. Yeah. All right, so we'll maintain that myth and you'll have parents. no problems. And mm. um, for what it's worth, I've also been driving the Renault Sport Clio RS200 Cup. One of my faves. It's uh, a 1.6 turbo four, uh, six-speed dual clutch. And at the moment... It's about $37,000 drive away. Mm. Um, And I enjoy driving it. Two things I must put in the demerit column. In manual mode, at just around town speeds, that dual clutch is very shunty. You've got to be on it. It is not refined. The car really comes alive when you start to exploit its potential a little more. Mm. As as an everyday driver, I think Mm. it could be a bit frustrating. Mm. And also, in a straight line, when you do accelerate hard, particularly in the lower gears, there is some torque steer there. But hey, that's that's the nature of front-wheel drive. But um, a really uh, swift and capable little car. Manual gearbox. I mean, that was a travesty when uh, manual gearbox arrived with that car. I think it's better than at the time it came out it was way better than golf's tsg oh yeah yeah yeah. way better it's still yeah, pretty good yeah, in, yeah. in auto mode yeah i'm yeah. impressed with it yeah. yeah anyway look with that we've reached the finish line oh, thank you what? peter no problem and richard <laughs> thank you and thanks to our producer barbara for driving the panel for this podcast i'm not saying i hate him but i'd unplug his life support to charge my phone <laughs> and thank you for listening please let us know what you think of the program Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Only takes a minute and helps let others know about the podcast. Thank you. 
I hope you can join us next week. Until then, a question. Why don't AU Falcons sustain much damage in front-end collisions? Because the tow truck takes most of the impact. (laughs) Oh, my God.